Please remain standing and pray with me. Lord Jesus, how wonderful and exciting it is to celebrate the feast of your ascension. Lord, may we lift up our eyes and may we behold you in spirit and in truth and may we receive that blessing that you imparted to your disciples as you left this earth. Now, Lord Jesus, open our hearts and our minds to the scriptures as we recount the ascension. Lord, may we be prepared not only for the celebration of this ascension, but also for your return. We pray in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. You may be seated. So this is the Feast of the Ascension. What is it? What is the Feast of the Ascension? What is the Ascension? What is it and why is it important and is it relevant today? Jesus had gathered his disciples near Bethany where he was in the process of blessing them and commissioning them to go into the world as witnesses that he is the Christ. And as we heard read in Acts 1, 9, and when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. What an experience this must have been for the disciples, being blessed, commissioned, and promised that he would return. No wonder they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. Finally, they understood what Jesus had been teaching them about his departure and what he was going to do, prepare a place so that they could be with him and the Father, as recorded in John 14. Yes, that calls for much worship. The ascension was the culmination of Christ's physical work here on the earth. Now, all the major creeds of Christianity mention the ascension, and every Christian group believes it. Unfortunately, there are many beliefs, doctrines, and interpretations that divide us as Christians. But all Christians believe that Christ literally and bodily ascended into heaven. He literally and bodily ascended into heaven. If you do not believe in the ascension, you're not a Christian. Pretty simple. Now, why more Christians, especially evangelicals, do not emphasize the ascension, I don't know. They believe that the ascension is true, but it is not often talked about. Where does the ascension fit in? To many, it may seem like a P.S. to the main message of the good news of Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. Perhaps they think that the ascension was just a convenient way for Christ to go back to heaven. So, does the ascension really matter, and is it essential to our Christian faith? To help us better understand why the ascension matters, let's discuss what the disciples saw and experienced, and what it meant to Christ, and what it means to us today. 
Well, the disciples were together with Jesus near Bethany and were discussing the coming kingdom. And Jesus said to them about the timing of the kingdom, as was recorded in Acts 1-7, It is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. Then he reassures them that they will be empowered and tells them that they will be witnesses throughout the world. As he was saying this, he lifted up his hands to bless them, and as he was blessing them, he began to be lifted up. Right before their very eyes, they were there. They saw it. It really happened. It was not a dream or a vision. It was not their imagination. It happened. Yes, it happened. They were in such amazement that they stood there staring up into heaven. I imagine Peter saying, wait up, I'm going with you. <laughs> or Thomas saying, I just don't believe it. As soon as that cloud disappears, he'll be here with us. But suddenly, to their amazement and wonderment, two men in white robes stood before them and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Then they began the two-mile walk back to Jerusalem, just as Jesus had instructed. And as they walked, I would guess that they reflected on their historical understanding of the scriptures. Certainly, they were praising God for his work, possibly reciting the first two verses of Psalm 98 that say, Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. If I'd been with him, I most likely would have remembered the prophecy of Isaiah where he spoke of the coming Messiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. The disciples actually saw Jesus ascend into heaven, and now they believe that he will come back in the same way that he left. Paul reminded the church in Thessalonica of this, when he said, as recorded in 1 Thessalonians 4, 15 through 17, For this we declare to you by a word from the Lord, that we who are alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with the cry of command, with the voice of an archangel and the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Well, that reminds me of a personal story 
As many of you know, I worked for Prison Fellowship Ministries for nearly 20 years. Prison Fellowship was an organization that was founded by Charles Colson, who was a convicted co-conspirator of the Watergate uh, situation under the presidency of President Nixon. As a director, I often met with the church leaders and other volunteers teaching and preparing them for in-prison ministry, ministry to not only prisoners but also ex-prisoners and their families. Well, many years ago, Chuck and I were at a volunteer event in Naples, Florida, where he lived. I was the guest speaker. The host of the event asked Chuck if he would like to introduce me. Can you imagine that? Charles Colson, for renowned former presidential advisor and a major leader in the evangelical circles in the world, introducing me. Chuck began that introduction by looking over at me and saying, David, I don't know if you know it, but I'm very envious of you. He went on to explain the reason. He reminded the, the crowd that he was a Baptist, that I, that I was a deacon in the Episcopal Church. Again, he looked at me and asked me if I understood the basis for his envy. Well, he didn't wait for me to answer, but he went on to say that it was a biblically certified reason. He then men mentioned the scripture that I just quoted uh, previously, and he said that, as an Episcopalian, I would see Jesus first because the Bible says that the dead in Christ will rise first. <laughs> that doesn't cost you anything. <laughs> so what did the ascension mean to Jesus? Jesus was now in his rightful place with the Father, sitting at his right hand, a place of prominence and authority. By the way, the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle of the temple provided no seat for the sacrificing priest. You see, the priest's sacrificial work was never done. So he didn't have time to sit and rest. Jesus is now seated in the presence of the Father. So he, his work on earth is done. It is finished. His work on earth is done and is finished. So he can have a seat. He has accomplished the acts necessary for our salvation, the salvation of all mankind. His earthly sufferings are over. He is no longer abused, tortured, or humiliated by those he came to save. Jesus has been glorified by the Father. He is elevated far above all earthly rule and authority. He is over all, including COVID-19. He has become the captain of our salvation. He entered heaven as our forerunner. He is the first fruits of the resurrection. He is now the head of the church. He will reign until all enemies are put under his feet. He is crowned with honor and majesty. Jesus has received what he deserved. His work is done, and he has been crowned the undisputed Lord of the universe. Jesus 
is Lord of all. So what does the ascension mean to us? The work of our salvation has been completed. Jesus' sacrificial death once for all upon the cross, his resurrection, and now, and now his acceptance by the Father, where he reigns forever, is our way into the heavenly kingdom. We now have a friend in heaven. Jesus, because he was human as well as divine, knows the struggles we must endure. He understands our troubles. He knows our illnesses. He knows our financial difficulties. He knows our bouts with depression. Jesus knows of the loss of loved ones to the enemy, death. We are able to approach the throne because he will meet us there. He is our grace and mercy. Jesus is our grace and mercy. In his kindness, he helps us in all our troubles. Jesus is interceding for us. Romans 8.34 tells us that he is now at the right hand of God praying for us. What a wonderful reality. When you're down in the dumps, Jesus is praying for you. When you're facing a losing battle against temptation, Jesus is praying for you. When your faith is weak, Jesus is praying for you. As you struggle with this COVID-19 pandemic, Jesus is all understanding and shares your frustrations, fears, and anxieties. He knows about the chaos of society. He knows about the abuse of power because he experienced it. He knows about the uncertainties that people have in times of unrest. Jesus knows you. He knows your situation. He loves you and wants the best for you. That's why he prays for you. Not only is Jesus praying for us, sometimes he will pray with us. For example, sometimes I might feel a prompting to pray for an individual, but I can't find the words to express my feelings. Jesus, with the Holy Spirit, will come alongside and empower my prayer efforts, presenting my petitions before the throne of God to the Father. Jesus is our advocate with the Father. He is there advocating for us. He's like our attorney who speaks for us in our defense. Jesus' blood is our defense against any claims of the devil. When God the Father sees that we are covered by Jesus' blood, he says, case dismissed. By the way, Jesus has never lost a case. He has never had to appeal to a higher court. He is the highest court. He is the supreme court. He is there for us all the time. He is our 24-7 advocate in heaven. 
Here's an awesome and most wonderful truth. Please hear this. When Jesus ascended into heaven, he took his glorified humanity with him. His physical body is with him in heaven. Someday, when we are raised from the dead or when we are received up into the air to be with him, we won't be raised as spiritual bodies only, but as real people with glorified bodies just as Jesus was. He not only redeemed our souls, but he redeemed our bodies as well. That's a good thing for me. In Christ, we know that our flesh will be renewed at the resurrection. Then we will see him as he is, and we will know and we will be known. We will be like him. Because Jesus ascended, we will ascend. Because he is in heaven, we will join him there someday. When he restores heaven and earth and makes all things new, we will reign with him and live forever in the bliss of his wonderfully restored, perfect creation. Another truth is that someday Jesus will return. Acts 1.11 makes it clear that this same Jesus will come again. This same Jesus who was born in Bethlehem is coming again. This same Jesus who grew up in Nazareth is coming again. This same Jesus who turned water into wine is coming again. This same Jesus who walked on water is coming again. The same Jesus who healed the leper is coming again. The same Jesus who raised Lazarus from the dead is coming again. The same Jesus who entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday is coming again. The same Jesus who was betrayed by Judas is coming again. The same Jesus who was whipped, beaten, scourged, mocked, and condemned to death is coming again. The same Jesus who died on Calvary is coming again. The same Jesus who rose from the dead on Easter Sunday morning is coming again. The same Jesus who conquered sin, death, and the grave is coming again. The same Jesus who ascended into heaven is coming again. Can you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. This actual historical figure who lived 2,000 years ago on the other side of the world is returning to earth one more time. Kind of blows your mind, doesn't it? I quote from a sermon of Augustine, Bishop of Hippo, who said in the early 5th century, Today our Lord Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. Let our hearts ascend with him. For just as he remained with us in spirit, even after his ascension, so we too are already in heaven with him, even though what is promised us has not yet been fulfilled in our bodies. Why do we on earth not strive to find rest with him in heaven even now, through the faith, hope, and love that unites us to him? While in heaven, he is also with us. And we, while on earth, 
are with him. He is here with us by his divinity, his power, and love. We cannot be in heaven as he is on earth by divinity, but in him we can be there by love. His closing thought. The two men in white robes said, This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. His return is imminent. Jesus' return is imminent. Now, that doesn't mean it's immediate, but it does mean that it's going to happen, and there is a possibility of nearness. It could happen any day now. Mark 13.33 says, Be on guard. Keep awake. For you do not know when the time will come. So we need to be watching and be prepared. While you are watching and waiting, are you doing that which he instructed the disciples to do as he ascended before their very eyes? Are you his witness? Are you sharing the good news of God in Christ Jesus? Are you ready for his return? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.